Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. show. I want to start by apologizing for my voice. It may be a little strange, a little scratchy today. Uh, last week I had the worst of it with the sore throat and the coughing and all that good stuff. And hopefully uh, we're on the tail end of that. However, I can still tell my voice is a little, a little low, a little scratchy. So we'll bear with it for this week. So I wanted to start with a fun minute of transparency this week. Um, Let's talk Mac or PC. Uh, Some of you may remember the Mac and PC commercials they had back in the the early 2000s where there was a guy who played Mac and a guy who played PC and of course the guy who played Mac was cool and hip and he had all the answers and the the guy who played PC was a... Oh, how do you describe him? Like your typical accountant type with pocket protector and, um, you know, just, a anything to put a negative light on PC, which obviously the commercials were made by Apple. So they were pro Mac. Um, but it was fun. Everyone thought they were funny. Um, and it was actually a thing, right? People had to decide what kind of computers they were going to buy and what kind of phones early in the two thousands when, uh, the iPhone came out, uh, it was a thing. So I would say for myself, um, up until about 2008, 9, or 10, somewhere in there, uh, I had been PC my entire life. Um, and in terms of phones, I had uh, I loved you know the latest Android phone that had come out. I loved the Palm Pre, though it flopped horribly. Uh, the, the Palm Pre was a really interesting, interesting concept. The, uh, the operating system was amazing. Um, but by the time they finally got the phone out and into the mainstream, uh, the, they realized that the mechanics of it, the hardware, uh, just couldn't handle all of the cool stuff they'd put into the operating system. So it was sluggish, it didn't work well, and what had become a great idea uh, was over and done with pretty quick. I think uh, HP or some bigger company bought out the operating system and, and it eventually incorporated into some of their stuff, but, um, it was a cool phone, but it didn't go anywhere. So somewhere around in probably 2010, I think our kids started getting iPods and that was the beginning of the end for our family. Uh, at some point my wife got the iPhone five, uh, and I could, I could just see, you know, how my wife could interact with my kids. You know, the devices both worked well together so eventually it was my turn to update my phone and I joined, I drank the Kool-Aid and so, and so we all joined the Apple ecosystem, which is really a, a, an amazing thing when you think about it. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, but soon after I got the iPhone, uh, I got a MacBook Pro at work 
I think we had some iPads at work for, for testing our websites and things of that nature. And, and at that point, you know, there was just no looking back. So what is it about Apple that people like? Well, the simplicity, I think, is, is the first thing. You know, it's just so easy to use. When you, when you first get into it, it's very straightforward, very simple. Um, everything from, you know, where all of your settings are to uh, just how to, how to use the interface on the phone or how to use the, the interface and the desktop on, on a laptop. And, you know, it just, it's just simple. And I think that a lot of people find that amazing. Uh, their design quality is incredible. Uh, it's another big piece of, of what Apple does. Uh, and I mentioned the ecosystem. Uh, that's it's just something that they've really thought through when it comes to messaging, FaceTime, uh, shared family plans where you can share your apps, movies, and music, and all of those kinds of things <clears throat> among, among family members. Uh, it, it just makes it super simple. Uh, in essence, we're all speaking the same language, and that's a that's a really big deal. I, I didn't realize how big of a deal until uh, my wife started asking me to be her IT support person. And she would hand me her PC laptop from work. And I would try to remember back to my PC days and figure out, man, how do you, how do you get into these menus again? How do you get into the settings? And um, it just started to take me a really long time to figure out basic things. So I'd have to get on Google and search, you know, how to how to change the audio or how to change the screen resolution, you know, and try to figure that out on a PC. And it was rough. So does that mean Apple's perfect? No, of course not. Uh, Apple's more expensive, obviously, um, and it still has its issues, um, but it is what it is. So there you go. A uh, minute of transparency for this episode. So what are we talking about today? Well, Today is the great happiness debate. Sounds pretty cool, right? Everyone wants to be happy. Um, but let's talk about that. So we'll break it into three sections. Uh, the first, is there really a debate over happiness? Uh, the second, uh, different types of happiness. And then we'll follow it up with how transcend human uh, views happiness. So number one, is there really a debate? Uh, I'll get to the whole debate thing in a minute, but first let's talk about some of the, the things I found as I, as I began researching. So I you know, did a Google search and I found a bunch of articles on happiness, and as I read through some of them, I began to see a pattern. Uh, most of the articles I found seem to fall into one of these three buckets. So the first is uh, pot, like pop psychology slash self-help, that, that sort of a thing. The next was a slightly more enlightened version of pop psychology or self-help articles. Um, some of them, you know, based on some spiritual or mythical or mystical um, uh, foundation, I guess, but just more enlightened than your traditional pop psychology. And then number three, you had um, straight up Christian articles on happiness. So those are the three buckets that I kind of found as I as I walked through some of those articles. So I thought I'd come up with some examples, though these are highly stereotypical, so just keep that in mind. I'm just trying to get my point across. Um, so when I, when I clumped them into like the pop psychology bucket, you'd find an article like this. 
Six Steps to Achieving Happiness. Uh, The article would uh, typically offer things like take time for yourself, focus on the positive, start a gratitude journal, treat yourself each week, uh, things like that. Uh, The next would be the enlightened pop psychology with, with a little bit of spirituality thrown in. So an article in this bucket might sound something like, uh, why pursue happiness? That may not be the best course of action. Uh, an article like this could go on to suggest that focusing on goals or family, for instance, would be a better route and that happiness would typically follow as a byproduct of the other behaviors. And then finally, the, the bucket of Christian articles. Uh, there, was a, there was kind of an interesting bent toward things like this. Happiness is not the point of the Christian life, period. Wow, Debbie Downer, but uh, that seemed to be pretty common. So most of these articles suggest that we aren't here to be happy. Uh, We're here to live a life dedicated to our faith uh, and that, you know, happiness is is a very simple emotion, an emotional response to something that you feel in the moment, Uh, one that, that can come and go like the wind. Uh, Therefore, it should not be chased after. So after doing the research, I determined that there really doesn't seem to be a debate in the first two buckets. Why? Well, it could be because there is no higher purpose or there is no external moral code impacting your life. Uh, At the end of the day, you are your higher purpose. So the world tends to revolve around you, and it's up to you to get the most out of your life. After all, nobody's going to do it for you, right? You have to do it for yourself. So in pop psychology, and even into the enlightened pop psychology uh, buckets, happiness seems to be a pretty worthy goal that everyone is chasing. So because of this, I didn't really find articles that argued that point. Uh, Most simply offered their take on how to find true happiness, uh, there were a lot of lists, and a lot of them had common things uh, in them. So, <clears throat> for example, let's just kind of walk through some of the ones I found. So, eat well, exercise, take time for yourself, find a few close friends, focus on the positive versus the negative, give back, pay it forward, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are nothing bad about these things. In fact, if we all did more of this, wouldn't the world be a better place? Of course it would. So what I found is that the debate, the happiness debate, really occurs in the last bucket. So these are articles written by Christians for Christians. And funny enough, when you throw God, Christianity, or some kind of a moral code into the mix, uh, a debate is sure to break out. Why, you ask? Well, most likely, it's because we've added a new ingredient into the recipe, right? It's, it's no longer just about you or me. Christianity suggests that there's a higher purpose uh, than us, and so starts the debate. But this shouldn't surprise us, right? Uh, within Christianity, there's a huge spectrum of beliefs, all the way from liberal to conservative. So, too... In this arena, uh, there are Christians who believe that happiness is a priority, something to be sought after. And then there's the Christians who believe that happiness is not why we are here and that it should not be a priority in life. So really, the debate over the importance or lack of importance that we place on happiness is kind of what what we see in, in the Christian realm. 
And I'm sure there's, uh, you know, denominational differences where an in entire denomination might fall uh, in, on one side or the other of the debate. I'm sure there's preachers, pastors, um, you know, out there who, based on the seminary they attended, they might fall on one side or the other. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it might be even more personal than that, right? Uh, it seems like we all have a slightly different take on happiness and what it means to us and how important it is to us. So let's dig in a little bit deeper to happiness. Uh, number two, let's talk through the happiness, the types of happiness. So if you were to read articles, you know, from the world of psychology, uh, you know, you might hear things like this. So, so psychology tells us that happiness can fall into two categories. Uh, and these are, you know, big words, so we'll muddle through them. But um, the two types of happiness are hedonic and eudaimonic uh, happiness. And I'll, I'll throw a link to the article I read about this uh, in the show notes so that you have that. Um, if you're ever looking for uh, more information or you're like, oh, this is really interesting. I wonder if he, you know, links away to things. Uh, just go to the website. So go to transcendhuman.com. Go to the podcast. Uh, page and then find the episode that you were listening to. And I have a, usually I, I'm starting with pretty intense outlines um, so that you, you have a lot of this information in print if you want it. Um, and then if I've ever, you know, listed articles or linked to things that I talk through on the show, um, all of those things will show up in there. So there you go. Okay, so hedonic and eudaimonic. Uh, hedonic uh, happiness is based on positive feelings associated with pleasure or goal fulfillment. Uh, and then eudaimonic is positive feelings derived from a pursuit of meaning. So different in their approach, and yet what we find is that both of the categories have happiness as the focal point, right? So for example, uh, hedonistic people go out of their way to create or find experiences or pursue goals in life or... Um, you know, buy things, basically anything that they can do like that to make themselves happy. And eudaimonistic people, they go out of their way to find meaning. So, which they hope will eventually lead them to happiness. So, you see the similarity there? Um, even though the approach is different, happiness is still the ultimate goal. But keep in mind, this is a worldly definition of happiness, right? This is what the world tells us through psychology. Um, and it, that a definition where everyone is on the same page and there's really no debate, right? So if, if it's worldly, if there's no higher purpose attached to it, then most people would probably agree with that as a definition uh, for happiness. So do we just go through these two definitions and, and call it a day? No, of course not. Um, there's got to be something deeper. There's got to be more than that. In fact, like when you really look into the eudaimonic version of happiness, um, you realize that that's really on the right track. After all, uh, isn't that what Transcend Human is all about? Isn't that what we kind of base this entire podcast on? Uh, it's, a, it's a concept that we are in a search for a higher purpose or a higher meaning um, that can then influence our decisions in life, help us to make better decisions, help us to be proactive about things versus just being reactive. So the answer is yes, there is uh, something different, um, but 
don't miss the subtle difference between the, the eudaimonic that we talked about and transcend human. Uh, in eudaimonic happiness, happiness is still the ultimate goal. Uh, when we look at transcend human, the goal is really the, the finding of truth and the purpose in life, right? So we're, we're, we're looking to see what it is that we're really trying to achieve first, um, regardless of whether it brings us happiness or not. So psychological, worldly happiness, happiness is the goal. In transcend human, we're looking for purpose and meaning regardless of whether it brings us happiness or not. Pretty, pretty simple distinction, I think. So that brings us to our uh, final segment, number three, how transcend human views happiness. Uh, so let's dig in a little bit deeper to that, uh, that truth that we just talked about, the difference between what transcend human views happiness as and what the world views it as. So let's go back to the debate in the Christian world, right? There seems to be a lot of momentum in both directions. So on, you know, on the one hand, you see these large popular churches, maybe it's like a, um, like an online, uh, church that you watch or something. And, you know, fairly large gregarious churches with, with outspoken, um, pastors, and, you know, they may have one view on happiness, right? If you attend a church like this, you might hear, uh, you know, the entire message on how to be happier. And the lists that they present might sound a lot like the lists we, we looked at in pop psychology. Um, there's more of a focus on self and happiness and ultimately, you know, working toward living your best life. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a very real, real message that's out there. Um, from some churches. And then on the other side of the, the aisle, you have, you know, kind of your more traditional conservative churches, and, you know, they may still be quoting uh, uh, fathers of the faith like C.S. Lewis. Um, uh, so I, f- I found a quote by C.S. Lewis on happiness, and uh, here it is. So uh, C.S. Lewis said, We are half hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Uh, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, we are far too easily pleased. You know, one of the, one of the most common, probably, uh, quotes from C.S. Lewis on the, on the subject. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum um, where, you know, happiness is kind of downplayed um, and you're almost looked at as as foolish for for running after it or following after it. So, on this side of the debate, happiness you know can almost be viewed as a sin, right? It's sinful. So the goal is to live the stoic life, almost uh, you know monastic, like we should all be in a in a monastery somewhere, chanting and um, making sure that we don't experience happiness in in any way. So who's right? Who's wrong? Well. Uh, maybe it isn't as simple as that. Maybe the problem is that we're too focused on the word itself. Maybe the fact that happiness is the only word we're talking about is the is the true problem. So transcend human uh, suggests that instead of just focusing on the word happiness, uh, maybe we need to back up a bit, uh, get a little perspective, and with a wider view, maybe we'll see that happiness is only one piece of a larger puzzle. So let's look at, at some other pieces of the puzzle. 
uh, for today's conversation, I would offer three different words, and we'll kind of walk through those. Um, not that there are only three, but these th- three, you know, seem pretty solid when it comes to having this conversation about happiness. So, so we'll start with happiness, obviously, um, but just with a slightly different take on it than than what we talked about in the second section. So let's define happiness as a momentary or transient emotion or feeling, right? So there's nothing wrong with happiness. There's nothing wrong with having the feeling. Um, as long as you don't make it the ultimate goal in your life. So, for example, uh, the other day I experienced a great deal of happiness uh, with a hockey team I was playing on. Um, we we don't do great uh, during the regular season. Uh, we have a really hard time winning games, uh, but we just love the game and we have fun. Um, but every year the, the team joins... Uh, tournament. It's called the Anaheim Ducks Throwback Classic, and and uh, what happens is all of the players who uh, were originally on the team come out of the woodwork, and they all come back to play in this this tournament. And you know, quite a few of those players are are good, and so our team goes from being uh, dismal at best to actually being a pretty good team, and so. Over the course of, of three or four days, uh, we kept winning, kept winning, kept winning, uh, and eventually made it to the championship game on a Monday, and we won. And it was it was great. It was fun. It was um, it was an experience that I hadn't had in a really long time. And if someone were to ask me, "Are you happy right now?" I would have said, "Yes, I am very happy right now." Uh, and for, for a hot minute, we were on top of the world and there was happiness all around. Uh, however, winning the hockey tournament isn't going to give me a level of happiness that's sustainable, right? In two weeks uh, after the, the tournament, my emotional state will be based on whatever's going on then. So happiness is highly situational. Now, the next word is joy, and joy is a word that's used a lot in the Bible, right? But unlike happiness, it seems to be a little bit different. It seems to suggest a state of emotional stability and good feeling that is based on a choice, and, um, and it's a feeling that is said to last or can last longer. In fact, it sounds like you can even have joy when things aren't positive, right? When things aren't going your way, which you definitely don't hear about happiness. Um, You know, in happiness, it's directly tied to something good happening to you. So with joy, let's, let's look at an example in, uh, in the Bible, in James 1, 2 to 3, um, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are, or whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Strange, right? So this whole joy thing isn't situational like happiness. It's um, it's something deeper. It's a a good feeling you have because of something you know, something you understand, the knowledge that you are actually growing as a person, uh, that there's meaning in your life even when you go through difficult times. 
you know, these are the crazy stories we hear from time to time where a person loses their job, a person's in the middle of financial crisis, maybe they, they're struggling with a terminal illness, or they've just lost a loved one. And you talk to them, and they seem to be positive, right? There's, there's joy in their life for some reason. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Um, you know, what's this about? It just seems so contrary to the way the world works because the world is so focused on happiness and, and forcing your, your circumstances into a certain bucket so that it, you know, so that you can be happy. You know, this just goes completely contrary to that. So undoubtedly, you know, these, these people that you run into who have this joy, they must understand something that we don't, right? They must understand a bigger picture. Um, and that joy is much deeper than happiness. So the final word is contentment. So you've got happiness, joy, and contentment. And transcend humans suggest that there's something even deeper than happiness and joy, and that is contentment. So to review, happiness is situational, often momentary, momentary good feeling based on something good happening to you. And then joy comes right along behind that, and it's a, a good feeling that's based on an understanding of our place in the world. It can last longer than happiness, um, but it's still not um, a complete thing. I think, you know, joy can kind of come and go in phases. You can, if you really are, um, if you're really solid in your faith or your belief in, in what is right and what is truth and your purpose and your meaning, you can have joy for a lot longer, but people struggle, right? Everyone struggles. You, you're never going to be always, uh, in the right frame of mind all the time. And so I think there are, there are times you've, you've heard the phrase, um, I lost my joy or, or things like that. And that's really, I think, um, a description of a period of time in a person's life where you just, you, there's so much going on and you have so many struggles that you just kind of lose grip on that understanding a little bit and, and you start to lose your joy and that, you know, depression and, Feelings of anxiety and, and things of that nature, I think, just naturally um, enter your life in those situations. And, and you have to really work to get yourself back to a good place. So, so that's joy. And then contentment, I think, is, is an even longer lasting state of being that, that transcends both happiness and joy. So, you know, is, is contentment like reaching the pinnacle? Is it like a transcendent state of being? Well, in a way, um, but I guess I kind of look at it in terms of a process. So, um, you know, each of us is on a journey and in that journey, we'll go through different phases and different levels of understanding. And eventually contentment is the goal, right? It's, it's getting to a place where you are content with all sorts of things in your life. You're content with your relationships. You're content with your uh, understanding of the world, you're content with the things that you have, with the goals that you've uh, either set for yourself or you've achieved, uh, things things like that. But like I said, it's a process. And so I've, I've listed four different stages that you might go through while you're working toward contentment. So the first stage, I would say, in order to reach contentment, 
is you have to have an understanding about the controversy, right? So there's the, the controversy that exists on earth, the battle between God and Satan or good and evil um, over every person, past, present, and future. Uh, so this is the, the controversy theory concept that we've talked about before. Um, you, you really need to have that understanding um, in order to reach contentment. Next, uh, you have to have an understanding that this controversy or this battle has a direct impact on you, right? This is called the human condition, which we've talked a lot about lately. So simply put, it's the, totally, the totality of our life experiences, our medical issues, and our state of mental health uh, throughout our lifetimes. So again, first, understanding of controversy theory. Second, an understanding of the human condition. Uh, and then third... Uh, involves kind of making a decision in the controversy. So I would suggest uh, Team God. That's my my choice, and I would definitely highly recommend that for you, uh, which ultimately leads to a sense of uh, safety and security. So this is kind of where that joy comes in, right? Uh, because you have this understanding that um, that that God is there and that, that your faith will transcend some of the, the negative things that you experience in life. And you also have an understanding that, uh, that death is not the end. So this is another big difference between, let's say, um, Christianity and just not really having a belief in anything higher than ourselves, is Christianity puts forth um, answers to the questions that we have about origin, about our purpose, and about our future. And it's this, this concept of the future um, that is really important, because if, if you have an understanding that your future is secure, then bad things that happen to you in life aren't going to be as big of a deal. Like, that's where that ability to experience joy even in pain comes from because you understand that this is not the end, that life is hard, and that we're here to live out our faith, and uh, that eventually eternity awaits. So, so that's the third section. And then finally, while we are here on earth, um, choosing to transcend human in everyday life is important. So living on purpose, living proactively so that we're part of the solution, not part of the problem. Uh, that's, you know, that's the final step in kind of reaching this level of contentment. So let's walk through those really quickly one more time. So the first is an understanding of the controversy. Second is understanding the human condition. Third is making a decision in the controversy. And then finally, uh, choosing to transcend human. So that said, uh, let's land the plane on this whole happiness debate then. Um, in summary, happiness is great. Uh, and if you experience many happy moments in your life, that's wonderful. I hope you experience many more. Uh, just don't make it the ultimate goal. Next, choose joy in every situation, understanding that you can be joyful even when times are hard. And then finally, seek contentment overall. Uh, seek to understand your place in the world, your choice in the controversy, how having a secured future can make you content with what you have in life uh, and what you're here to accomplish. And that's it. So 
Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, next time, we're going to jump into uh, this a concept called worldliness and what exactly does that mean. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about happiness and how we can uh, avoid falling into the happiness trap. Um, but until then, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us here at Transcend Human, uh, feel free to go to transcendhuman.com forward slash contact. Uh, there's a form there that lets you comment, ask questions, offer uh, recommendations for future podcasts, um, you know, podcast episodes, things like that. So uh, I'm also on social media, but it's really hard to keep up with every platform um, the, the same way that I do with direct email. So uh, if you live in the world of social media, you might catch me on Instagram every now and then, uh, but I cannot guarantee that I will respond. So... So yeah, the best way to get in touch is probably to go to the website and fill out the contact form. So I think that about wraps it. Uh, Have a great week and keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, There's nothing better than word of mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, This will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, Thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.